This is Soph, and we are back with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. I say everybody's wonderful, but no, these people that I have on here are definitely wonderful people. They are setting an example. They are shedding light. They are loving on people, loving on God's people, even though God people be acting a little funny. But we are here with someone, and he is going to introduce himself. Well, hey, 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 everybody. This is Ray Nod. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here and just talk and have a conversation. And yeah, I'm just grateful, period. And we are grateful for you, for sure. He has his own platform. I don't know why he didn't even say that, but it's- Well, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I'm not here to promote my podcast. I'm just here to, you know, help build your podcast, talk, all that. Okay, okay. Have a podcast. It's called Not Safe for Church. It's a podcast where it's for the saints and the ain'ts, because I believe Jesus is for everybody. I think that's our goal. That's our mission when you are a believer is to share Jesus, no matter what you're going through, no matter your life, like just share Jesus. The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God. And so my goal is to see God in everything that I do. Yeah. So that's why I have that podcast. All right now. Okay. He's starting to put us in church on the Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So this episode would be released on a Friday for the saints and the ain'ts. Oh, we got up on a Friday. I don't hear no. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Come on now. So the first question I have for you is, how was it growing up in a church home? Oh, my gosh. Growing up in a church home. It was very awesome. I really have nothing negative to say about it. I think that is my foundation. Uh, My parents, Harold and Renee, they really instilled in me to live a godly life and to live a life of truth and live a life of honesty. I think sometimes it bites them. Can you cuss on this podcast? Or you don't. Sometimes it bites them and ass because they raised me to be so honest and to be so truthful. But I was really blessed to have parents who really show me Jesus. And I think really my mom and my dad, my mom's so much more in that church, like because my mom was a worship leader, very vocal about her faith. But I think one thing I love about my dad is my dad showed me how to live a godly life in the world, in the streets. And I'm not saying my, my dad wasn't a street man. But he was, he had a lot of friends from different areas. And one thing I always noticed about my dad was he was always himself no matter where he went. And I admired that. So I think I got the best of both worlds. And my parents, you know, I got my mom who is like this spiritual giant, but I got my dad who is just this man who really just knows how to make everything just so simple. 
and not always be extremely, I don't want to say deep, but he's just very normal. But you need you need both because sometimes I need the supernatural. I need the way my mom has taught me to just believe even when nothing makes sense. But sometimes I just need to be, I just need that normal, that balance. And uh, I think that's what my dad uh, really offers me. And that's good. Do you feel like you still, now that you have gone past that stage of coming out and being who you are, do you feel like they, the things that they still instilled in you are still the same even to this day? Or do you think it's changed a little bit? I think it has changed. For me, I think my parents and I, we just don't agree on things biblically. We don't agree on things theologically. And I don't see the Bible the same way they, the same way they see it. And I think sometimes that is extremely hard for them because people raise you based on the knowledge that they have. And for me, I listened to the knowledge. I tried to live by that knowledge, but I furthered my research. I did my research and I came to different conclusions about the Bible and what I believe and what I see. And I think that that's the hardest part. It's like, I tried to do it the way that they told me, but it didn't. I saw something that I couldn't unsee. And that is like the true, I think the true problem, the true tension. But, and I don't say this with any disrespect, but I also, and I'm talking about my parents, I'm talking about people in general. I don't think Christians look to see other things sometimes. I think a lot of Christians are happy with how things are. And so they don't do the work to further their knowledge. It really asks harder questions because sometimes if you ask harder questions, it will unravel even more, but it's okay if it continues to unravel because that is what God is for. That is why you seek him. That is why you try to understand because I want to be unraveled. I want to be undone so I can build my faith truly on him. All right. That's a word. That's a word. Yeah. That's, what about that time? <laughs> that's a word okay the next question is what is your coming out story like how did you come into the conclusion oh my god i it, okay so i never really okay so i started this podcast in february of 22 and so i started my the not safe for church podcast i was doing it i did leave my full-time ministry job but i was still doing like ministry stuff here and there like i had a few contract worship stuff. So where I would lead at different churches here in Vegas, and I would lead at a big church in Arizona every month. So I still had a few things. So I wasn't really out. Like a lot of the people that I served and I worked for in these churches knew, I wouldn't say the church I was leading for in Vegas knew because I didn't really communicate that with them. But there were some leaders and pastors in Arizona who knew what I was trying to figure out. But I was super quiet. You know, I minded my business. I mean, people probably knew I was Okay, but I didn't really like say it. So it didn't matter. You know, I mean, people can assume a lot of things. There's a lot of worship leaders who everybody knows gay. They just don't say it. So it don't matter. And so I had a a, one of my I was one of my good friends at the time was dating this guy who I knew was close to a guy named Obio Jones. And Obio Jones is just an amazing person. Just man, he has been so influential on my journey. And uh, he's an LGBTQ just advocate, influencer. And so I reached out. And first of all, my friend was talking to this friend. And then I had been close with this person who is going to connect me with Obi. I've been, I was close to him through another friend. So we just had like a lot of mutuals. And uh, I was like, okay. So I reached out to this guy and I was like, man, can you like connect me with Obio? 
And he was like, yeah, let me try to do it. So he connected me with Obio. And so I messaged Obio, like gave me his number. I called. And I was like, man, like I want to have you on my podcast. And like immediately he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe he's just so nice. Like this is unreal. And so we have a conversation on the phone. I'm like, yeah, I want to bring on my podcast and talk about just faith, Christianity, this, this, this. But I was like, hey, Obio, I am gay. So, but we ain't going to talk about that on my podcast. Like that is the non-negotiable. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just not something I want to share. So like, don't come on here talking about Reynald is gay because we don't talk about that on the Not Safe for Church podcast. That's not, we don't do that, okay? And so literally OBO comes on, super chill. And it was hard because when I was sitting there, he was answering questions. It was this freedom that he had. And his tagline is create space. And so when I was sitting there, I felt like he was creating a space for me. And I don't just mean that, I don't just mean that literally, but I mean that spiritually. It was like something in my spirit was like, and I always get these feelings in my stomach whenever I'm supposed to do something. And it's weird when I'm supposed to move from Arizona, from Atlanta to Arizona, I got that same feeling in my stomach. When I'm supposed to move from Arizona to Vegas, the same feeling in my stomach. And I can't explain it. And like whenever I'm supposed to give somebody a word or if God is speaking to me, every time it's always on, I feel it in my stomach. Like, and it'd be this thing like, I won't be able to move if I don't say it. So I'm sitting like, like, oh my God, this I have the stomach pain. And I'm like, Lord, you're telling me you want me to tell people that I'm gay. You want me to tell the world my truth. And I'm sitting there and I just say it on the podcast. And I was like, okay. Like I didn't bring Obio here to talk about Raynaud coming out, but I guess this is the episode. And, but the thing is I record on Tuesdays. I don't post till Thursday. So I was like, okay, I don't have to post. I'm not posting this till Thursday. So like I have time to think it over. And so I kept praying, God, give me a sign. And I'm really big on signs. God always gives me signs. And one of my signs for my life has been this song, Do It Again by Elevation Worship. And I've seen you move, you move the mountains. My voice is tired. But I was literally, I heard that song came on on the break room at work. And I said, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to post the episode because I was say, I was asking God, should I post the episode? And then I said, God, give me one more sign. I said, God, let me know that it's you. So I already have two signs, my the stomach pain, and then do it again. I walk out from the Lululemon break room and I hear the song. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. And I said, God, that's three signs. And so I posted that video on that Thursday, that same morning, every contract, every opportunity I had with the churches I was supposed to sing at, where I was uninvited literally in a matter of an hour when I woke up. And yeah, that is my coming out story. And it's been a journey ever since. And I think I'm still journeying through it. It's, it's not easy but it is worth it. Wow. That's falling into our next question of what was it like once you walked into your truth and maneuvering ministry? I know you talked a little bit about the contracts falling through after, but how was it like with you still holding on to ministry? I think honestly, if I look back on that time, I just think that I said some things that are unwise because I was processing 26 years of being committed to something and it being gone in a matter of a second. So I think when I think about that time, I think it was just hard. I was hurt. But I also had this platform where I could say whatever the hell I wanted to say. And I'm not saying what I said was ever wrong, because what I said was the truth or my version of the truth. 
because I do understand uh, there's three sides to the truth. There's my side, their side, and the actual truth. And I believe uh, the one thing about us is this, and this is off offline. One thing about us, all our stories add up. You know what I mean? Some people have three different, two different truths. And then the last one don't add, you know, the real truth don't add up. All the stories add up. It's just, we all see it from different perspectives. I was a predominant, I was like, like a lead worship leader at a big church here in Vegas. And so I affected this guy's ministry. So he probably has heard. And on my end, I am a person who has been affected from not being able to do what I love every week. And so I'm hurt because I've studied this craft. I've been called to do this. And so, yeah, so I think for a long time, I think I thought I wasn't doing ministry anymore. And so when you think you're not doing ministry anymore, you start to get just a little carefree about, and I'm not saying for me, this is my life. I don't judge nobody else's life. But I think that I kind of went in my own journey trying to just Proved to everybody that I was Christian. I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do, say whatever I wanted to say. And I didn't have to do that. That I could be, I think for the first time, probably in the last three months, is I realized like, man, my podcast is a ministry. My life is a ministry. And sometimes we're so caught up in being everybody's Sunday morning favorite. I was everybody's Sunday morning favorite. Like, oh, when Ray Nall sing, oh, we know the Holy Spirit gonna come in. When, oh, when he gets, oh, when he gets to that bread, you know, but God is not calling us to be Sunday morning favorites because now that I work a corporate job, I have a lot of jobs, you know, I'm always working and God needs somebody to be there in corporate. You know, recently I was on a phone call with a client and she was telling me she was about to have a baby and the umbilical cord was wrapped or something. And I was like, and I felt that my spirit got an unction again. I was like, I was like, it's going to work together for your good. And she said, amen. And then I felt like God told me to, to tell her, you know, suffering only produces glory. But if I wasn't on that phone call, who would have ministered to her? Who would have been there for her? Who would have been the person speaking life into her? I don't know. And so for me, I am so confident that God is just not, it's greater than Sunday mornings. Like somebody needs to be in the street. Somebody needs to be at, you know, I teach a, a workout class. Somebody needs to be there encouraging. Like I, God has took me out the church so I could, so I can influence the world through Jesus Christ. So I'm still doing ministry. It just looks different. But it did take me time to catch up with that because at first I was like, I'm just normal. Like, yeah, like I'm not a, like, no. But no, I am a minister. I, but it just looks different. And the good thing about my ministry is I don't have to fake. I can be honest and be like, man, God is still working on me. And I'm not canceled because when people give you a door, when people give you an opportunity, they can cancel you based on the actions that they don't that they don't agree with. But when God gives you a platform, nobody can take that away but God. And if you are living in the way that God is calling you to live, following the Holy Spirit, nobody can take that away because God gave it to you. And I think so many of us are chasing opportunities from people. But when I chase opportunities from God, nobody can take that away from me because God can <laughs> How are you going to take away something? It's like when people say, oh, you gay, you can't have Jesus. How are you going to take that away from me? You're not Jesus. You didn't give me him. And you so ain't got no hell to put me in. Literally. And when I get there, if I am, and I always say this, I'm okay with not being right. I'm a, If I'm not right, I could be getting this whole church thing wrong. I could be getting this whole gay thing wrong. But if I'm wrong, God judges the heart and God knows my intentions. 
And in my spirit, I haven't felt like God has told me I'm wrong. I I don't, I haven't felt convicted. But if I am wrong, because God knows my heart and he know I did my best, based on the word, he judges the heart, I would still end up in eternity with him because I was living the life that I believe with all my heart that he called me to. We might as well have a church service at this point. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm not safe for church. Not You're going to slay me. You're going to slay me. Oh, my God. You're going to slay me. You're going to slay me. My next question is, what was the turning point of you choosing you and not the church people? I think, honestly, I think, so I've been in counseling for, I think, since I was 20. I'm 27 today. 20, not today, but I'm 27 years old right now. And it was just starting to get dark again, like really dark. When I was in high school, when I was 17, I almost took my life because people were calling me gay for something that I had did in high school. I mean, I had did it, but, you know, I didn't want anybody to call me gay back then. I can laugh about it now because it's crazy. But I, what would happen is I would leave worship. I would have these high moments, like at church, like, I mean, the spirit is moving. I mean... The people are like, oh my gosh. But it was like every time I had a high moment, when I would go home, I would feel like I didn't want to live anymore because I knew if they knew who I really was and who, because at the age of 24, I had already, I was okay with being gay and Christian. I was just trying to wrap my head around how am I going to do this and the people be okay with it. And that was my problem. And so I was like, okay, this is, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I would sing and I would be like, this is great. Like God is using me, but I don't believe God wants me to go home and not want to live. And so that was my turning point. It was like, I don't know how many times I can call my mom and be like, mom, I can't, I want to give up. I'm crying. I'm in tears. Like, I don't know how many more times I can do that. And so for me, because I wanted to live, I just... I walked away like, and it wasn't. And I think when I say it, it sounds like it was clear steps. It was never clear steps. Like I never planned to walk away. I literally got on that podcast, told my truth. Like, and literally a week before that podcast, my mom and my Nana were in Vegas. And I was like, oh no, I'm not coming out. Like, I don't ever plan on doing that. So my whole life has never, any of my big steps have never been planned. Like when I moved from, I mean, I could start from my parents getting a divorce and we moving to Georgia. Like, Nothing has ever been planned. It just happens. And I'm a type of person that I follow. The same thing that's been leading me this far is the same thing I'm going to continue to follow. So it wasn't like clear steps. But when I look back on it, it's like, man, I was depressed. And like when I got on that podcast, that's why I told the truth. I had already been kicked out the church. I wasn't really working there. Like, and what I realized is like, sometimes we do all this stuff just to survive. And like, I'm chasing a check or am I chasing God? Because if I'm chasing God, I will live in the truth. I will be honest about where I'm at. But if I'm chasing a check, I will do whatever it takes to keep that check. So that's kind of how my journey to like, just choosing me. And I think I I started going to the gym. I started, and I think even in that gym, I started to realize like, God could use the real me. I'm working out with people just being myself. And it's like a all like it's like a lot a lot of women at this gym. So like we're being funny, we're talking about life, like you know, like talking about men, just being like 
I mean, I can adapt to any environment. Like I have homies who are straight and I can adapt in that environment. Like, bro, da, 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 da. you know, I'm like a chameleon. I can go to church and, you know, put it on with the best of them. How the, hey, when I think of the goodness, I can go to white church. Man, God is so faithful. Don't you just love it? I mean, I can be whoever. I'm always Raynaud loud and my personality, but I can go to any room. And so when I was at that gym, I was like, man, I can be myself here. And I don't know. It's just, it was just a full circle. Everything really just worked together and it's still working together. Oh, Lord. So you're going to slay me. I'm telling you, you're going to slay me. My next question is, do you believe the church makes it a challenge to be true within yourself and be a part of the church? I wouldn't say the church. I say people in the church. And I think because we live in a world where literally the church is a business. And so if most of the people don't like something, you have to stay in the business. And you have to think, I always think now, I think about the church that I worked at, right? This pastor has 40 to 50 people that is depending on him to pay their rent, their car notes, their kids' daycare, this, this, this. So if you have all these decisions you have to make, how can you really hear from God on what to do? You have so much pressure on you. And what if God tells you to do something crazy? Would you do it? And I'm not trying to, and this is no shade. And a lot of times in these white evangelical churches, they don't really have a deep connection with the Holy Spirit. And who I'm judging, I, and I'm going to be honest, yes, I'm judging right there. But what I'm saying is you can only go as far as you want to go. I've had some deep moments with the Holy Spirit because I allow myself to go so deep that I forget like, man, I'm even, I'm like, oh, I come out. I'm like, whoa, Jesus, like I was in deep. But some people don't go that deep because they have to have an understanding. They have to have logic. But when you're living in the supernatural, when you're really, I'm sorry, when you're really living in the supernatural and you're trying to go deep and you're really trying to understand, there are some things that are, oh, Jesus, I keep on hitting the screen. There are some things that go deeper than you. And so those people, I don't believe a lot of them have gone deep, deep. And this is no shade. This is just my opinion. And so when you don't, when you don't even have that deep relationship with the Lord and going that deep, like you don't know God until that's all you have. Yeah. Like the season I just came out of, I almost lost everything. My car, my all, like, and I'm not saying I was that deep in, but like there was a month or two where I didn't know how I was going to pay the note or how I was going to pay my rent. And so when you don't know when you don't, I literally, when you almost lose everything, you that's how you get close to God. And it's like, man, all I have is God. And I know a lot of these preachers and pastors have not experienced that. They have not experienced all they need is God. So I don't think the church has had to come to terms and answer certain these, some of these questions because the givers don't want to hear about this. The givers don't care. The givers are anti-LGBTQ. So if the givers are that, and they get to be hurtful and harmful with their words and how they, like, it's okay. Because the church is a business. Once you add money in a big congregation, it is a business. I was getting paid. I had paid sick time. That is not that's not, I don't believe that's how God intended church to be. Now, did I live a life in abundance and have a great time off living like that? Yeah. And so I can't talk shit about it. I can't be like, oh, da, 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 da. I, no, because I was living off the people's money too. 
So yes, I was living, it was a business. But I do, every time I got on that stage, every time I touched a mic, I didn't think about that check or that business. I knew God had called me to that. And that's just like with these platforms, our podcast could blow up tomorrow. And yes, it becomes a business. But the thing is, you don't, we need to be careful about when things become a business, that we don't forget our calling to it in the first place. Don't forget that this platform was first a ministry. It's a ministry that turned into a business. And yes, you can profit off the business, but you can be used by God when you use it for your ministry. And so that's what we have to remember. Mm-mm-mm. Girl, that's right. That's right. That's straight from the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, and when God. I tell you, because when you talk about it now, I think of it like, man, is that what it feels like? Like the church is somewhat turning into corporate America. It is. Like, it's it is. all about politics. Who you cool with? Who you? And I could say that because there are some rooms and some opportunities that I got to be a part of because of who I knew. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 26 traveling on an airplane once a month to go sing at a church at one of the fifth largest churches in America, you know, at one of their satellite campuses because of who I knew, because of, you know what I mean? Because I was black. I was a different type of worship leader than they had. Like, so it's it's a business. Who are your people? Who are your friends? Who are backing you? Who's supporting you? And when you have great support, you will win. And that's in any field. Man, okay. The next question is, what would you join an affirming church like that supports the community that stands with the community? Do you think you will join an affirming church? Mm. I want to be careful because I don't want to be canceled before I even get started. Um, and see, that's again, that's a business. If I was living in, when you really tell the truth, you get to say what you want to say. But in this world, you can't say the truth if you want to win. Well, I disagree with that. But you have to be careful how you say the truth. And I think that's in anything you say it in love. But back to the question, when I go to the affirming church, I just, for me, Jesus is the focus. And so my sexuality is not the focus. Like, yes, we're having a conversation about sexuality and faith. So yes, this is the focus of our conversation. But at the end of the day, I think when we talk about church, Jesus should be the focus, not who I'm, fo- who, not who I'm sleeping with at nighttime. Not who, what my preference and my choice. Like, I don't mind us having conversations about that. But I think sometimes for me, what affirming church is like, all we talk about is being gay, being gay, being gay, being being lesbian, being queer, being trans, whatever. Like, it's all people talk. And for me, like, I'm already that. Like, I don't need to talk about that every all the time. Like, I'm good. Like, we don't need, that's not something I want to talk about all the time. I'm okay. And so for me, I don't know. And honestly, I don't know if I want, I think the church is a business. The bigger it goes, it's a business. Now, I do have a desire to sing and sing worship songs, but I don't even know. I mean, I'm such in a season where like, I get that like God has called Christians to the streets and not for us to be, I mean, yes, the church is a beautiful place for us to grow, be in community, but the church is not the end all be all. And I'm okay with that. So I just, yeah, I'm choosing to, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think, I, but the weird part is last night, I literally had a dream about a pastor here in Vegas and I was leaving and some of my other friends, I don't know. It, basically it was weird. Like we were in a, 
it was like his house and then it was like another place where me and my friends were and i was telling my friends i was leaving and then he opened his door and was like man come in for dinner and when i walked in i started crying and it was like in my head i don't know when i woke up like and i analyzed the dream it was like man this pastor had a seat for me at the table and him and his wife and their daughter were there and i ate with them and i was like this is weird and so yeah so i don't now i'm going to i had that dream i might go to the church next week cuz i don't know it was weird and i've been saying i want to go to church on easter but i'm just going to let the lord lead me on that one and i know i normally have answers so it's weird for me not to have an answer yeah i don't and i think i'm still healing i mean i gave 17 to 26 almost 10 years to the local church and I grew up in church. So, I mean, my whole life. And I just, I mean, when you almost lose everything from a place you love, it's just hard (laughs) and I'm human. So yeah, I don't know. That dream could mean so much. It really could. That dream could be something that you've always wanted. And you just don't know, like, now that you have gone through the healing stage of the hurt, now it's time for a new door to open. Yeah. But the weird part, this church is not affirming. So I'm like, and I guess, and I don't need a church to be affirming. That's one thing about me. I believe this. You don't have to be affirming. That's not what I'm asking you to be. But I'm asking you, is there a seat for me at the table where we don't have to agree to belong? Or I can be myself. I could just be myself. We don't have, it's like, think about our families. And this is not just about being LGBTQ, whatever. Like just in general, our friends, corporate America, we work with people. We do some people we don't agree with every freaking day. But in the church, we can't do that. My thing is, as long as we agree on Jesus, we good. Did he die on the cross, rise on the third day? If we believe that, we can do some crazy things for God together. It's not even crazy things. We can reach way more people than what we're reaching now. Literally. It can be, we could, yeah, I just wish we don't have to agree to belong. And I learned that at a church I led worship at because it was just very different. It was very, a lot of systems. And I remember a worship leader saying, like, we don't have to agree to belong. And every weekend we would leave with different people because it was like, it was like a satellite, like different and so every time I would go there, I would be leading with different people. And some of them were famous musicians traveling the world. And some of them didn't believe in Jesus. And that's the thing for me. It's like, I'm gay, but I can't, I can't lead worship. But people who don't believe in Jesus can play an instrument. And we all making a noise together. Like we all come in. The, didn't the Bible say, let everything that had breath praise the Lord? It didn't say, if you're gay, you can't praise the Lord. It didn't say... If you're a Republican, you can't praise the Lord. If you're a Democrat, it said, let every... So the only prerequisite for praise is breath. The only thing you need in your body is breath to praise God. That's it. You can be an atheist. Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. You can be gay. Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. You can be transgender. Let every... You could be... You know what I mean? Like... Oh, and picking and choosing. Literally. And it's like, even if you do believe it's wrong, there are so many things that people do wrong every day. But you don't say a liar can't lead worship. 
you don't say if they believe porn is wrong, somebody who watches it, you don't, because you know, I just choose. And with my faith, what I believe is I believe the Bible, and this is me today, it could change tomorrow. And that's always tell people like, don't hold me to who I was at on when we recorded this. I could change my mind tomorrow. Um, I'm always saying you could change your mind when you get information. But what was I saying? Oh God, I believe this about the Bible. I believe the Bible is relevant, it's true, but I don't believe it's a rule book and me following it step by step. I believe it's a book of inspiration where a man lived a sacrificial life. And I believe if we live a sacrificial life of love, then that's all he's asking of us. And I'm a Christian. So Christian, when you break that word down, Christ-like, I just want to be like Christ. And I'm not trying to be like Paul and Peter. I think they say some amazing things. You know, I, one of my favorite verses is exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think or, or imagine according to the power that worketh in me. Like, I love those verses. But I also know the Bible says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. So if he says that about me and his children, that means everything that they say may not be his thoughts or his ways. I make it make sense. That's just me. So I just believe that the Bible is inspirational. It's a book of sacrificial love. And I do believe there are principles and tools you can learn from it, but I don't take it word for word. Mm. I know some of them. I'm not even that deep. There's some people who are super deep and like they could break down everything. That's not me, but that's just what I've come to. Mm. My next question is, was there a battle between your faith and sexuality? Like, did you feel like you had you were struggling on really figuring out, like, am I going to pick my sexuality or am I going to pick my faith? Or what point did you come where you feel like the two can coexist together? I don't think there was ever a battle. The battle was I love Jesus. And I think for me, for a long time, it was like, how am I going to love Jesus and be gay? I don't really I didn't. There wasn't a battle of. My first battle was, is I have to love Jesus. That's all I know. So that is my first priority. And I just didn't understand how being gay fell into that. And I wasn't going to leave Jesus. So I was going to just choose Jesus and not be gay. But what happened was I did life with Jesus. I served him and God revealed a level of truth to me that I can never unsee. And he wasn't like, Raynaud, I want to change you from being gay. He's like, no, Raynaud. I want to use you while you are gay. I want to use you and use the real you and not the fake you. So you don't have to leave me. You don't have to choose gay or me. Like choose me and I will show you how to be gay and do life with me. And so I think once, I think the hardest part for me was the people again. Like it was just the people. But once God showed me I could be both, it was the people struggle. Like, how am I going? How are people going to understand? And I knew they wouldn't, and I was right. But also, God is also still showing me how to be, do life with Him, and be gay, and love people who really think I'm a hot mess right now. Because I've always done everything right. I was the perfect, and I wasn't perfect. Because I mean, I did my stuff. Come on, I got some stories. But I'm gonna say that for the movie or the book. Okay, one day, I was. But I always deal with everybody. I mean, literally, I'm a kid 
who grew up in Rockford, Illinois, moves to Georgia. How the heck was I a, pre- a big worship leader in Las Vegas? Like, how did that happen? God. And the same God that did that can use me now. But I have to be willing to wait. It was a process. I didn't become this big worship leader in Las Vegas overnight. It was a process. And I wasn't even chasing that. I was just doing what God had called me to do. And so, again, if we're focused on what God is calling us to do, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything else is going to be added. I just got to seek God. I'm not chasing, a, you know, and even with my podcast, even, and, I, and, you know, this encouragement to you, like, I don't care about the numbers no more at this point. I have good weeks. I have bad weeks. But if I'm consistent and I'm doing what God has called me to do, he's going to bless it. Faith without works is dead. If I'm doing the work and I got faith, I do believe God has big plans for me. God has plans that will blow my mind. God has plans that I can't even perceive or comprehend because the Bible says exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. But if I can think it, that means it can be done. If I can see it, that means it can be done. But what God has for me is what I can't think, what I can't imagine. It's bigger than me. So I'm always like, man, like if I can think it, I can think about having a number one podcast. I can think about being in a healthy, loving, same-sex relationship with a man. I can think about talking to people at colleges and encouraging them to just be themselves. I can think about being at church conferences helping them understand how to be gay and Christian. I can think that, but the gag is it's bigger than that because God has plans bigger than that. If I can imagine it, I can achieve it. It's bigger. If you can think it, your wildest, your biggest dream, it's bigger than that, but you got to do the work and nobody wants to do the work, especially in this generation. Nobody, nobody wants to. I teach a class on Tuesday mornings at 6, 15 a.m. Then I go to my corporate job and then I work all week. And then when I work my corporate job on Friday, I go to my part-time job. And then after my part-time job, I go back on Saturday. I go to the gym every day. Like I I have my, I can marry people. I have my officiant license. I've seen places like I'm doing the work. So God has to, if I have faith and I'm doing the work, God is going to meet me. That's the equation. But I have to be, I have to wait on it. But they that wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. So while I'm waiting, God has given me strength. It says, they, they went on, he new strength. you will mount up. And when you mount up, you're like an eagle that soars. And you know what eagles do? They, can, they have foresight. They can see what's coming. So while I'm waiting, God has given me sight to see that, oh, I'm going to have a victory. I'm going to be able to make it. And it says, they will run. That means he will give me endurance. He will, while I'm waiting, like, so I'm not just waiting and tired, no, God, and I may get tired a little bit, but soon like I'm like, oh, I got, I got my second win. So, yeah, I said a lot. Hopefully, y'all caught something on that. It's a word. I'm telling you, it's a word. It's a word. I'm not, it's a word. Y'all, I'm not a hey, It's a word. You might as well get your minister license because it's a word. Oh, no, 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 it's, no, no, a word. it's a word. All that. What is your view on why they single out the LGBT community? QIA plus community out with within the faith believing community. Now I'm about to be a little shady right here. I thought my sunglasses on, even though I'm not gonna see it. But I, let me tell you something. God, about a, two years ago, my sister and I mean I didn't ask her to say this. Normally, whenever I talk about my sister, I always ask her, and I know she won't care. My sister had a baby out of wedlock, and I saw when my sister had a baby out of wedlock. My parents talked all this crap growing up. You have a baby. 
we ain't gonna be there. We, you guys gonna be all on you. This, this, this. My sister have a baby. My parents were there, helping every time. Down for her like four flat tires, and I was like, hmm. And also growing up, my sister was always just herself, and I would be very shady to her sometimes. And we were always tight, but we're we're like this now. But I mean, like back in the day, I would say like, "Ooh, I just wish you would do this. I wish you would, you know, God wants us to live like this, 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 this. But really, my judgment was jealousy because she could be herself. She could live her truth. She could just do her, didn't care. My judgment was jealousy. And I think a lot of leaders, Christians are jealous of people who just be like, man, I'm going to be me. Like, they're just, I'm going to be me. A lot of Christians are jealous of that. If we're really honest, and you don't have to be jealous, just be you. And I believe if you're loving God and you're loving others, you really can't get it wrong. I don't think God cares about the little. If you are literally loving God and loving others, you probably won't sin. You won't. Because if I'm loving God and loving myself and others, I won't lie to people. I won't cheat people. I won't talk bad about people. Like, I won't use people. So I just think it's that simple. But I think a lot of Christians use judgment, but really they're just jealous. Because I was jealous of my sister and how free she was and how she could just be herself. But I learned a lesson in that. And once I realized like, oh, like my family going to be down for me no matter what. The people who really for you, gonna, I was like, well, I'm just not about to fake at all anymore point blank period because the people who will be for you will be for you every time and there's and we're all called to different people and i think that's what i've even on tiktok recently like man like i don't have a lot i'm not like ten thousand followers but i mean like slowly my platform has been building and it's like god is reminding me there's an audience for you you know i work my part-time job and a lot of times people ask me you know Cause I, you know, I'm fun. I'm having t- fun where, and I'll have a conversation like, man, like, what do you do? Like, who are you? And I'll say like, man, I have a podcast, this, 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 and we'll connect. And it's like, man, there's an audience for you. But I think sometimes it's church people. We want our audience to be that congregation, but I'm over the audience having to be the congregation because they already have a pastor. They already have a leader, but there's some people out in the streets They just need a little bit. They need Jesus. They need to know that somebody loves them and will be there for them and that will care for them. And so I'm more focused on the people outside the doors who don't have a leader. And also, I'm not trying to be their leader where I'm their pastor. I'm just trying to be a light to them to show them there is another way of doing life. You know, God loves you. He is with you. And it's not so much about the this, 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 do this, do this. It's more like, have a relationship with them. I talk to God all the time in the shower, in the car, in my house. Like people probably would think I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, God, this person's getting on my nerves. I don't like them. This, this, this. So yeah, I don't even know how I got all there. Girl, I can talk to Jesus come back. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, but that's I feel like that's what's gonna be the hardest thing when they start seeing the congregation getting smaller. And I was oh, talking to- it's getting small. I was talking to a pastor yesterday, like, 
it's going because the church mothers are getting older. They can't do like the food committee, the praise and worship, the musician. They can't do that no more. And it's people that are in our generation that are stepping and affirming and being themselves and deciding to choose themselves and choosing a path for themselves that are trying to join these congregations and trying to be a part of these churches. And the church not even seeing that. We went from 15 people to about five people. And that's because they're not willing to, you know, when they say come all, you know, the doors open, all are welcome. It's some little small terms and conditions of what they mean by that. You can be an usher, but you can't, you can't sing. You can, and my thing is why, and this is my biggest thing, and this is probably why I don't serve in church. I believe God has gave me a gift to sing, right? And that is one of my, one of my best gifts to serve God is my voice. And so why would I not give God my best gift in his house? God didn't call, I'm not an usher. Now I do have a greeting spirit. You know, I can't be, I probably would be, I'd be a bad, I'd be a, I'd be a badass usher. I know I would be. I mean, couldn't nobody do it like me. But I'm not doing that. When God has given me a gift to lift up my voice and sing, and I've seen it work before, and I've used it, like, no, I'm not doing that. So I just want to serve. I want to serve that. Because if if I'm in my daddy's house, if I'm in God's house, my father, the one that made me, the one that created me, I can't sing in my daddy's. You're not going to let me sing in my daddy's house. The one that is inside of me, greater is he that's inside. You're not going to let me sing in my daddy's house because it's really not my daddy's house. It's your house. And you got the problem with me because my daddy don't got a problem with me because he loves me just as I am. When I say daddy, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about one of these men that some of y'all sleeping with. I'm talking about my daddy, Jesus, my daddy, God. Ooh, that revelation just hit me. You better say it. You better say it. A lot of these churches, they're not realizing that these churches are not, they're not given because of their work. If God didn't allow it to happen, it would have happened. So the fact that now y'all making stipulations of who we like to serve, like you said, I'll be a bomb usher, you know? I'll leave the people in with my white gloves if I have to. But that's not that's not the best gift. So why wouldn't I give my best gift to God? Literally. It's like the woman with the in the alabaster box. She gave her best. And you're preventing me from giving my best to God because you think I'm dirty. Because of your insecurity. I'm unclean. And you're going to prevent me from giving my best gifts to God. And gifts are not for us. They're to uplift God. And so somebody might need what I have, but you're preventing it because... And ultimately, it's not my daddy's house. It's your house. I mean, that's, wow. Like, that is straight from the Lord. It's not my, it's not my daddy's house. Wow, Jesus. That's going to be my word. I'm sorry. That's. No, that's a word. That is a word. And I've come into a conclusion because this is the season I'm in right now where I told you I'm kind of struggling in between just because of a word that I heard a pastor preach. And I understand like they decide what they decide to preach on. I get that. But I had to come to realization that I don't have to be inside of a building to be a church. Period. We have enough people in the church. Like if they want to come, they'll come. But there's people that are out homeless. There's people that are out in the clubs. There's people that are out at the bars who just want an uplifting spirit, who just want an encouragement word in corporate America, who just, who just wants somebody to let them know, like, 
it's okay to be yourself. It's okay. There's somebody that loves you. There, there's, you may not have a living father, but you have a heavenly father and it's okay. Oh my God, that's so good. I think about people I work with now. And when we first started, we were, you know, as you get closer, you hear some of their, you know, different people's stories. And I've been there since October. And I was just hearing some of the people's story around me about how, man, one of my friends had lost his, lost his job. He got laid off. Another friend, she had lost some loved ones. Another friend dealing with bipolarness. Like we all, and you know, I'm coming from leaving this career. Everybody is going through something. And sometimes you just need that one person who can be like, man, but we trust God. Like I have a hope in the future. And, you know, on my desk, I literally, I put little notes. I mean, I have a whole, I mean, I'd be preaching to myself. I said, Jehovah Shalom, I shall have peace on this job. I, you know, I say I have favor with God and man, because when you have favor with God and man, you cannot, people cannot like you. Leaders, managers, coworkers cannot like you. But when you have favor with God, in favor with man, they don't even know why they will like you. Your enemy will bless you. Your enemy will give you a promotion. <laughs> They're like, I don't even know why. Because I have favor, because I pray every day I pray for a favor with God and man. Favor, favor with God and man. And so if nobody's in those spaces, like we said earlier, who's going to be Jesus to these people? Who? Who's going to do it? And, and why not God use somebody who other people say he can't use? That's the beautiful part. And that's the whole story of the Bible. They didn't, God uses people nobody thinks he should use. They didn't think Jesus was Jesus. God uses people nobody thinks people he should use. That's his storyline. That's the gag. Like, that's what he always, like, if you look out through scripture, one dude wasn't, he stuttered. God uses him. David, a young lad. God uses him. Jesus comes from Mary, a virgin, 15-year-old, whatever, however she... God uses people nobody thinks he should use. And if that's what he did in the Bible, I know he's going to do that with me. He's going to do that with you. And it doesn't matter what background you're coming from. I don't care if you were a prostitute. I don't care if you was a drug dealer. I don't care if in your, you lied your whole life and now you don't want to lie no more. God can redeem anything. God uses people. Nobody thinks he should use. And that's where them testimonies come from. That's where them testimonies and them stories to list other people come from. That's, hmm. it's everybody's story. You think about people who are famous and like big. A lot of them have that. Look, at, we were, we just, it, pop culture, Michael B. Jordan. And they were, t- you know, I guess some girls were like, I guess somebody interviewed him and he was like back in high school. They, you know, they talked about him. Or, you know, that story or something. God uses people nobody thinks he should use. Those girls didn't think Michael B. Jordan going to be who he was. But that's just how, that's how God works. He's been, you can look at me now in my little studio apartment in Las Vegas. But look at me 10 years from now. I'll be like, God uses people nobody thinks he should use. And when I get there, I won't forget. Because I think a lot of times when God uses people, when you get there, you forget and you don't help the next person along the journey. And so for me, I have a, I have friends here in Vegas. I mean, they're just an amazing couple to me. And her brother was is gay. And when they came up, it was a different time. You know, they were like 10, 10 years older than me. And now 
when I came out, that family has been there for me because they didn't forget. They didn't forget how their, her brother was treated. And yes, they're past that, but now they're helping me along my journey because of what they experience. You know what I mean? And so it's just, you just can't forget once you get there. Hey, and God will continue to bless you if you don't forget now. God will continue to see that, okay, I can give you this small amount and what you're going to do with it. Let's see what you're going to do with it to see if we can, can entrust you with more. And that's what that's what churches have to understand. If I can give you a small congregation and, and you're willing to accept them and understand this is not your house, this is the house that God has given you to lead his people. Your congregation will blow up. You wouldn't even understand, like, why is my congregation, why am I going from 20 to 100 or 100 to 200? Because you decide to use what God has given you and he decided to multiply it. And so many gay people and LGBTQ, they want to be used by God. They want to serve in church. I have so many friends in the closet because they want to be used by God in, this, in the church. So just imagine if they could just be free about it. That stress would be so, oh. And I'm not talking about any friends that people know. I'm just saying like, I mean, I do have, but it don't matter. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not trying to out nobody. But, all my, and all my friends are not sweet that go to churches and serve the Lord. But it's just like, just, I mean, the church could be packed in droves because the gays love Jesus. I know a lot of gays who love Jesus. I mean, we'll speak in tongues, go into a whole fits. And we in got the, talents yeah. to offer. We have talents to offer. We Look, is one of the most talented group of people. You got to be. You got to be talented because, hell, the way people treat the LGBTQ community, you got to have this mentality of like, no, you can't. You, I'm not backing. You got to be strong. You don't have a choice. Hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so now the next question is, if you could open your own church, what would be some of your core values? Oh, girl. I, oh, my God. I don't want to open a church. <laughs> I don't okay. if, you could, if you could be a vision, if you could envision a church, like, Whoa. where you would want to go to, like, what would you feel like would have draw your core, like, for you to want to go there? Like, what would be some core values that you feel like they should have in order to have you? I think my core value is simple. It's my tagline. Jesus is for everybody. Like, Jesus is. And even for me, I I have stereotypes about people that I am still undoing. You know, I I had somebody come on my podcast. I was supposed to come on last season. She's a sex worker. And sometimes that's hard for me because I think for me, I'm still trying to learn and unpack. And I just haven't got that far on my journey. But one thing about me is Jesus is for everybody. So you have a seat at my table. She has a seat at my table because I believe Jesus is for everybody. I may not understand, may not like it. So I think if I went to a church, Jesus need to be for everybody. I believe I'm committed to excellence. Everything I do has to be excellent. I don't like to do nothing janky. I don't like to, you know, I do whatever it takes. I will knock on every door till I get every dime to do it. So if I had a church, it would have to, you know, excellence is important to me. People are drawn to excellence. It could be a terrible, it could be terrible content, but excellence. So, because people, I don't know what it is. People just like excellent things. It's like Chick-fil-A is not always the best food. But every time I go, most times they give excellent service. And so I always go back because it's in excellence. So 
I would say excellence, Jesus is for everybody. And I would say anointing, you know, and I don't, I, you know, anointing is not something you can go find or buy, but it's something that it's a reliance. And when you have that reliance on Jesus, God can use you to do amazing things. And so for me, it'll be Jesus is for everybody, anointing and excellence. That would be a great church. And, you know, community, but that, that all falls into Jesus being for everybody. And I love that tagline, Jesus is for everybody. And I want people to understand that because Jesus is for everybody. It's just the church may not be for everybody because the church decides to create their own input and their own aspects on things, but Jesus is for everybody. And really, a lot of those churches are just not his churches. I mean, I just put that together today on this podcast. But yeah, it's not my daddy's house. Maybe. It's not my daddy's house. And that's what I'm going to say. It's not my, it's not my daddy's house. And that's going to be my argument till the end of the world. This is not my daddy's house. Can't be. Mm-mm. My da- No, can't be. <laughs> it's not adding up. The math ain't math. Then. It's not adding up. <laughs> it's not adding up. Yeah, that's not what we're The thing is, I think if we, even we take that a step further, like, yeah, it may not be my daddy's house. Now, it may resemble, it may look like my, have you ever went to a neighborhood where all the houses look alike? You never, you ever been to a neighborhood where all the houses look alike? Yes, 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 yes. You know, you go, you drive around, you're like, okay, all these houses, they look alike, right? But you know, yo, the house you're going to buy its characteristics, the address number, this, there's certain characteristics and qualifications. And so for me, now it may look like my daddy's house. It may even sound like my daddy's house. But when I really get up on it and I get up in there, I realize that's not my daddy's house. That's not my daddy's house. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of we have a lot of different people that are imitating these things. It's an imitation. But it's not, it's not the real deal. Can't be. Like, <laughs> you got that. You got great value. You got you got the great values. And then you got the <laughs> this, is, this is not Oreos. That crunch. Because, you know, Oreos got that soft and the crunch together. Mm-hmm. It's But great value, it'd be... <laughs> it's so hard. You gotta do the extra. No, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody's like, what are those sounds? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay, my next question for you is, what's the church song that got you through those dark moments? Oh and I'm still going through your healing journey, but like, what do you feel like some key songs that you feel like for each season kind of got you through the next season? Oh my God. So when I was in college, there was a song called He's Able. And I used to wear that song out. I went to college in a small, I went to college in West Point, Georgia, but it was also border Alabama and Valley, Alabama. And so in Valley, Alabama, super country. So I was singing in different places. It was like, you know, I kind of in the little, little church chitlin circuit and I would go everywhere and just sing that song. Uh, he they, he they, he they. And I mean, that song really, I think I grew up in a church when I was my older teens. I went to church by myself once I got my license and uh, the pastor was a big man of faith. I saw this man go from when I was in high school, he had a church in his house and now he has three locations. And these ain't no low churches. They big. They're mini megas. And so I began to have this 
thing about faith, like I just, and you know, I know me and my pastor, we don't agree on things today. But one thing I can say about Timothy McBride is that man, I saw him live a life of faith, live a life of faith. And so I saw him go from having a house in McDonough where his church was that one time he had invited my mom to. And when we walked, I was like, oh, mom, I don't know if I want to go in there because it was a house and I was nervous. So I didn't go that day. But then when he ended up having a big church and I ended up seeing it, I was like, I joined. And then I put together like, oh, my God, that was the same church that I didn't want to go into when it was in a house. And man, I just I think when I, and I've been around so many people like that, I could name drop till Marcus Harvey. He's a celebrity barber. He has a TV show on T, uh, I don't know, not TBS. One of the, t- it starts with a T. What's, what show, what, what not to wear come on? Oh, the, what show? The TV one? TLC, TLC, okay. TLC. And I literally saw that man go from having a car where he couldn't lock the doors to his car to being a celebrity barber. And if you go to a barbershop and mention his name, he everybody knows him. I used to go to a certain, I used to go to a church called, not, I was a member, but I went to Anwa all the time. And I would see Chandler Moore, Lee Worship, man, one of my favorite worship leaders. Before he was big, I was a big fan. And look at his life now. And I keep seeing these people who go from nothing to something. And the only thing I see, and they're all different. Some of them are way more spiritual than, than others. I think about, I could say Joyce Williams from Meet the Browns, Tyler Pierce. And I'm and, I, and I'm using people so you can research. I mean, Joyce Sheffield, she has off the runway now, a big a boutique. I'm using these people so you can have examples. I had a front row seat to them going from nobody to somebody. They were always somebody, but now the world knows their name. And now they're doing things that are amazing. And I just don't believe God would show me that for no reason. Like, why would God have me see all these people? do all these things. And so to me, it just starts out with faith. What's the question again? So I can get back. I know I have a point for all this. The question was, what are some church songs that got you? Okay. Yeah. So, oh yeah. He's able. That was a song. I'm so sorry, but yes. I got there. He's able. Then after he's able, do it again by elevation. Oh God. Walking around these walls. And I love to go, I see you move, you move the mountain. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Because a lot of times God just wants us to remember. Because if you remember, you can get through. And so you just keep remembering. And the next thing you know, you're, you keep getting through. And then my last, oh God, this is my song. This is my song. Those three songs. Oh God, this song right here. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Yeah. I'm like, and your goodness is running after me. When my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. I give you that position. I give you what I thought were my dreams, my plans. And his goodness is running after you faster than any lie. Anything the enemy tells you, you're not enough. What are you doing? You made the wrong decision. God's goodness is running faster than all of that. Ooh. 
Those are my songs. And then my all-time favorite song of life is Living Word by Fred Hammond. Okay, that's my all-time favorite song. That song on, I'm happy. There's going to be some tears. Many things you are honored, the holy king of carpenter. You are the living word. Jesus, Jesus. It's just something about that name. I'm telling you, I don't know. Recently, when people say the name Jesus, I just, it's just something about it. I can't shake it. I just love that name. It has power. Woo. It has powers behind. And we in Palm Sunday next week. Oh. You know, next week. <laughs> you know, next week. It's Easter Sunday, you know. Hallelujah. He got up. You know, we don't. He got up. He got up. He got up. You know, normally around this time, I'm normally preparing my Easter clothes. Yeah, I'm probably going to go to church next week. I am probably going. I feel like I had that dream and oh. I don't know what it means. But I believe there's a meal at the table at that church I'm supposed to hear. I don't know why. It was weird. It was that was the weirdest dream ever. And I'm not even like, I'm not anti this pastor, but I'm not like his biggest fan. Listen, but if if he give you a sign. I'm like, okay, God, I'm gonna go. I don't know why you want me to go, but I'm gonna go. Listen, you don't know what's for you. You don't know what's for you unless you, you step out on faith and see what's what meal is at the table. Come on. My last thing is, what is your advice for those struggling with sexuality in their faith right now? I would tell anybody, only you know the answer, you and God. And so for me, I am not one. I don't want to be one of those people. And I say this all the time. I'm not trying to tell people how to believe. That's not my place. But I do think, ask all the questions. Do the research process it talk to people people have different perspectives i still have i one of my closest friends of uh, my old boss at the church i worked for he wasn't the head pastor oh he was the head pastor i probably would still work there but he's a black man and they probably would never make him the head pastor that was a shady moment i shouldn't have said that but and you can keep it in there because god is still working on me and one day i'll talk about how he got help my tongue and we don't agree and so I think a lot of times when I, when people say like, do the process with people, you have to agree with everybody. No, I want to hear all sides and I'm going to listen so I can make sure that I still feel like, okay, but after you've done your research, after you talk to God, then it's no, I'm not saying this in a specific order. You, you just have to process that and you sit there, take your time, weigh out all the costs. I think if I went back in time, what I would have done is, and I don't think God wanted my journey to be like this. So I'm not, I wouldn't do that. Like, you know, I mean, I'm happy how the journey went because I think there were, it was critical lessons I needed to learn. But if I could go back in time and say I was a worship leader at a church and I was trying to come out and live my life, what I would do is if I worked at a safe church, I would let the pastor know, like, man, this is what I'm thinking. I've done my research. This is what I'm feeling. And then I would start looking for other jobs that fit my, my expertise, my skill set. So and then I'm not leaving. I'm because it's gonna be <clears throat> it's already gonna be a lot you leaving, like emotionally, all that. But at least you're going to a good job where you're doing something you like. And you only now you're only processing like maybe not being used in a certain way you've always been used by. But I think just think out your next steps. And have a plan in place. And yes, plans always change. I mean, because we're not God. But I do believe if I would have had a better plan in place, 
I wouldn't have had to be so close to the edge of losing everything. So, yeah, I would just tell people, figure it out day by day. And you don't have to have the answers. And I heard somebody say this on TikTok. If you don't have it today, you don't need it today. The Lord said he will be our daily bread. And so that means he wants us to come to him daily. So he wants us to come to him on Monday when we wake up, on Tuesday when we wake up, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day. And so if he was going to give you all the answers for the future, he would have said, I'm going to be your future bread. So you know what you need for future. No, daily. So for me, it's all about coming back to God every day, asking him what I need for this day to make it for that day. And then in the next morning, I need to get what I need for the next day. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a word. It's a word. It's a word. Well, that is the last question. Lord, he's going to take me out. He's going to take me out. No, I'm not a preacher, y'all. Please don't. No, I don't preach. I don't, I'm a He's going to go to seminary school because at this point, you're going to slay me. But I appreciate you so much. That was the last question. I appreciate you so, so much. Um, today and sharing some light, giving the male aspect of things and sharing your gift. You definitely took me out a couple of, I think you took me out like the first minute and then like towards the middle, I was trying to like hold it together. But yeah, you, thank you. Thank you for letting me come on. I'm so grateful. I, you know, I pray you just continue to be consistent, keep doing it. And eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for you and this podcast. Literally, and if you love him, it said for those who love him, that's how the end of that verse goes. If you love God, you give it all you have. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, but God is prepared. And that's for anybody listening. If you love God, you're doing your best, the best is yet to come. Amen. Look, we ended it on that note. We're not going to add it. I can talk until Jesus come back. Okay. Period. All right. We are signing out. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making that choice to still be here even through your dark moments because we need that light that you share we need the light that you're showing we need the love that you're giving the encouragement that you're providing so thank you thank you well that concludes this episode of soph say it with your chest with your host soph hope you enjoyed the show see you next time so say it with your chest so say it with your chest say it with your chest Just you.